Hello, hello, everyone. Here, Gutiman Dizocho, your host. And in today's Smart BCH Twitter Hangout, we are going to talk about the Shagate version 2 releasing Sunish. Okay, this is a trademark. So, Sunish, we are having the Shagate okay, being released. This uh, was announced, this, this uh, news was announced by Kui, uh, the Dr. Kui Wang, who is the main developer uh, in the Smart BCH community, okay? He and his, his team uh, announced this on Telegram, on the Telegram group of Smart BCH. And uh, this Shagate version 2 is basically, what I know is that it is, that it is a multi-sig, okay, a multi-sig bridge uh, in which uh, they, they do this uh, kind of authorization for entering and, and exiting, okay, value through this bridge. Uh, using proof of stake, okay? So stakers, major stakers will be in charge of, author of authorizing this exiting and, uh, and this input and outputs, okay, of value in, in, inside this bridge. And uh, they are doing this, I think, offline, okay? Uh, like um, signing a wallet. When you are signing a transaction, they will be signing this, this transaction, these authorizations. And uh, this key will be kept offline. So when they are signing the transactions offline, it is more secure than doing this online, right? This is what I know. We have talked about this. Uh, validator thing uh, before. Okay, we have talked about stakers in Smart BCH, all this. Hello, hello, Joemar, jo uh, I will give you. Hello. I, I think my connection will be unstable. Hello, Joemar. Uh, do you hear me? Yes. I hear perfect. you clearly. Perfect, perfect. So, thank you for joining in today in Smart VCH Twitter Hangout. Uh, we have so much topics to talk about. <laughs> and yeah. Maybe people will join, will start joining. But uh, as, okay. you, as, so, yeah, as you know, uh, we have a recent news in Smart VCH where Dr. Kui Wang, the main dev of the Smart VCH uh, main dev team, has announced this uh, Smart VCH the decentralized bridge coming very soon, like soonish. Mm -hmm. So 
they they said that they were testing this bridge this uh, week that has passed so they they are in the test phase as we know when devs are building a code or software or whatever they are building they have to do a lot of tests right like <laughs> to be resistant to any attacks that may they may have and all this we know that it is very important to do tests and we are in the test phase right now right now in the test phase and they said that this shagate may come in january maybe in 2023 uh, do you have uh, something to say about this do you, have you seen what they are working uh, something can you tell us something about this uh yeah i've been i've been following their progress in uh, the repositories so you know from time to time there's this uh, some discussions in the smart bch community about how the team is not communicating and it seems that uh, it would seem to them that uh, the team is uh, not doing anything but um, I'd rather skip the noise. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of noise uh, in, in, in the community. From time to time, I check the commits in the Smart BCH repositories. Uh -huh. And I know that uh, the team is working hard in the background to get this to work. Yes, and, that's what they, yeah. they said, right? And they, they recently, a week ago, said that they were testing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been quite consistent. Like every every other day I check, there's a, a commit uh, in the repository every day. So they're making code changes every day. They're making, uh, um, they're building it. And uh, I was actually uh, not so surprised that uh, a few days back they announced that um, they have done internal tests already and they're going to deploy it uh, deploy the bridge to the testnet and ah. yeah i you know we we know this already that the smart bch team are not are not the uh, not very talkative exactly that's what i want to say yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they are a little bit hermetic i think <laughs> that, uh, yeah, yeah the, the chinese community as a whole, they are yeah. kind of hermetic, but they are very uh, knowledgeable people. They they know a lot of things about yeah. the crypto yeah. space, and they have talked about uh, the recent events, for example, of uh, bank uh, Bankman Bankman. That's what that's the name of the guy. The yeah, SBF uh, Sam Bankman Fried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sam Bankman Fried, this mm. guy that was. Uh, the major stakeholder of his company, FT, FTX, I think it is. Yes, yes. Which has a lot of strings moving around in the crypto world, like Polygon, Solana, uh -huh. all these these major two blockchains. I think that they are kind of in in the line, right? They are about to fall if in the following days, maybe. So they are the the community is waiting also for USDT to fail 
all these things like it is like a, a comedy tragedy mm -hmm. it, it happening in the space and Chinese investors are also very um, like worried about what is happening right now in this in this este, VC world that is failing but very big like we are talking uh, like a kind of a financial crash maybe comparable to 2008 financial crisis but related to the crypto space yeah yeah it's yeah it's almost the same magnitude i would say and that's that's really sad because um these are the kinds of things that bitcoin was supposed to uh, address you know the the first block had that uh, message about the bailout i think it was a bailout of a bank in the us uh, in the uk rather so um bitcoin was supposed to eliminate the traditional banking system where um electronic cash is uh, basically in the hands of these centralized institutions and we are we trust them to not gamble away our money but um, as, as the white paper say as satoshi mentioned in the paper that trust has been broken many times and, uh, and the biggest of such mess created by this system was the 2008 financial crisis where uh, this uh, there are so many banks but among the uh, most prominent was the lemon brothers that created something like 160 billion dollar hole <laughs> yes yeah uh, and the go of course it's it's too big to fail um there's mm, so many uh, depositors right who were affected so the government had to step in uh fill that hole And we can only presume how they did it. Of course, they printed a lot of money to cover that hole. Yes. And so that that was really devastating. And uh, Bitcoin was born in the backdrop of this uh, event, and it was supposed to be a solution. Uh, it was supposed to be giving us uh, a new kind of electronic cash, exactly. where yeah, where we have uh, complete custody, we have complete control. We can transfer that peer-to-peer -peer without involving any of these traditional intermediaries. So it's uh, it's like we have gone full cycle, you know. Only this time it's more painful because it's happening to crypto. Yes, as, as you said, Bitcoin was born uh, after the 2008 crisis. And I think Satoshi want to give humanity a solution for this the fiat system which is uh, enslaving in some like enslaving people because uh, they are subjects to this kind of manipulating manipulation through inflation as you said through the money printer through and now uh, now we are talking about cbdc's and all this stuff also in the bitcoin cash conference I was very surprised how they start talking about CBDCs. So it is uh, like the like this narrative that is everybody talking inside the space. 
Uh, they are, everybody is aware that we are subject to the government uh, manipulation, right? And the only solution is decentralized money. And I think that there are a few coins that they are uh, fully decentralized. And these coins is, uh, I think, the Bitcoin Cash is the best one, in my opinion. Mm. It is the, fast, the fastest on chain. <laughs> if you want to exchange for fiat, there are better coins. Uh, I think that Litecoin, for example, is faster when you want to send a crypto for, uh, to exchange it for fiat, right? The, it, it, it is faster, the, the confirmations inside the exchange. But if you want to have a, a, commu a community of people who are buying and selling goods using crypto only, the, mm. zero, the zero confirmation aspect of Bitcoin Cash, I think it is unique. Like it is the only crypto that can be used in physical commerce. I, I have the experience, for example, using Monero, Monero and Monero, it, it, you have to, to have a fully sync node, for example, in your mm. wallet. So when you open your wallet in Monero, you have to wait like five to ten minutes. So, so the the node can actually show your balance. A practice inside the Monero community is to round your own node, like the Lightning Network culture. So they are very very familiarized with this node culture. And common people do not use uh, nodes, or they don't do not run their own nodes, for example. So Bitcoin Cash is targeting these people, which uh, don't know very much about technical aspects. And I think that they, they if they uh, download the wallet in their mobile phone, for example, and they know how to read a QR code, that's all they need for start making commerce. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I see it as a spectrum. Um, the ease of use of the slow fee uh, coins. And um, for example, I, I would say Lightning Network is on one end of the spectrum because it's it's it can be closer to fiat. Uh, when you're saying when you're saying that it's faster to use Lightning Network for exchange with uh, uh, fiat currency, uh, the downside, of course, is that uh, you're you're bordering to custodial solutions because Lightning is really like uh, uh, the li the Lightning user experience is uh, it's only better when it's custodial. Um, if it's non-custodial or like uh, left on your own to to uh, deal with the yes, issues uh, with the setup, so it's Lightning Network is is has been designed specifically for for running better if it is uh, run inside a hobbyist node, like a, a node which can have a lot of liquidity mm. and can uh, serve as a node for a higher number of transactions. Because, if, for example, if you know you run your own Lightning Network node, uh, you have to be a little bit technical. Also, you have to create this channel with the commerce mm. to open the channel 
And when you open the channel, you have to pay the fees of the L1 network. Uh, and when you are using the custodial, custodial solutions, you are not paying this fee, for example. It is, yeah. it is cheaper <laughs> if you use the, non, the custodial aspect of Lightning Network. And it, it secures your transaction also because they always will have this liquidity that maybe if you open a peer-to-peer -peer channel, they will not have the liquidity or they can censor your transaction, all this stuff. Jason, for example, I know he has run uh, Lightning Network nodes. He is a speaker also. He has requested the, the microphone. He knows a little bit more than me about Lightning Network because he has used it. Right. Okay. I, I, I haven't. I'd, I'd like to know uh, the experience uh, because I haven't really, like, uh, I, I tried once to set it up, but I didn't really get to the point where I send funds. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have read only the technical aspects, like the, the, the papers, right? How it works and all this stuff, how they use the SegWit this segregated witness, all this stuff, but it is very technical. People will not, will not ever understand how it works. And it is uh, very clear right now because people, they confuse Lightning Network, for example, with Bitcoin, and they are not the same. Yeah. Lightning Network is not Bitcoin. It's an, for me, I think it is an IOU. IOU means that it is like... A, um, how it says, like like the paper, paper gold, for example. Mm -hmm. It is not gold. It is it is a paper which backs the gold, or it is redeemable for gold. So Lightning Network is is a technology which uh, guarantees in, uh, to people that they will receive Bitcoin if they go back to the L1. But when Bitcoin is inside Lightning Network, it is it is not Bitcoin. It is only like a, a future, which guarantees that you will get back BTC when you exit the channel. So it is very confusing for people. I know this, and they they uh, almost always they like think that B uh, Lightning Network is Bitcoin BTC, and it is not. So. Uh, it has to be, this has to be talked, has to be spoken, the work has to to be expand to other uh, people, so they know that uh, they are being like misguided here, I think. Hi, so uh, I have some ideas about the conversation, although uh, I really am more eager to talk about NEH and BCH pool because be honest, I don't know much about it. I know some about it, but not, not that much. So I'd rather wait for that. But uh, on the topic of Lightning Network, yes, I, I have studied it, have put up a node, tried to work out wallets and all that. Uh, I actually use a Lightning Network bot of the Telegram called LNTX, uh, which is. Uh, it's just basically for testing and for, for uh, tipping and all that. Um, and I've also been to El Salvador where uh, they have also a lot of Lightning Network wallets because that's what they enforce most of the people because it's the easier way to transfer Bitcoin e-commerce. 
Um, that said, I mean, uh, I also agree with you in the sense that it, it, it implements a lot of complexity to the network. And I also, from what you say, I used to work with Dash. Uh, Dash is uh, an altcoin that was also focused on on uh, going uh, around the thought of uh, physical payments and the speed, and they have this technology called InstantSend. Uh, InstantSend worked with a second layer, a quasi-second layer, because it's really on the same blockchain. It's just that they have a second tier of network, which is called the master nodes. Uh, it works similar to how Cash Fusion works with their special powers when they tumble the, the balances. Uh, but in this case, they also utilize them to do kind of what you said, a future payment uh, insurance. So if you, if you want to send some transactions through the instant payment uh, mold, you will pay, basically pay a higher fee than, than the regular chain. And the master nodes basically will get the data and will send to the uh, to the end user, in this case, uh, confirmation-free tokens, which is the same token, the same coin. But it is a little bit like a future. It's like, if you get into this express layer, we'll send it right away. You don't need to wait for confirmations. And we'll take uh, a little bit of the fee for our network. And that's how Maximus uh, made their money. Um, so it was like a quasi proof of stake with proof of work. So proof of work was on the main chain. You could send it through that chain. Proof of stake was the master nodes. Where they actually become a master node. It was just basically the same node as long as you stake around a thousand back in the network, you automatically become a master node. So it yeah, was exactly. So stake. it is all about nodes, <laughs> so running nodes. Yes. Like network, you need to pre-fund your channel. So it's a proof of stake quasi solution. Yeah, it is very interesting how this uh, node culture is in almost every other coin except Bitcoin Cash. <laughs> Bitcoin Cash people don't don't need this kind of stuff. Uh, I I think the the culture of Bitcoin Cash is more uh, about the tipping tipping stuff about uh, tipping Bitcoin Cash, for example, or uh, using it in commerce where the commerce don't like to being to run their own nodes. Because almost no commerce guy want to to run their notes, so <laughs> it is kind of a, a, like a fantasy that they have that this will happen and it will not happen. I think, and like Kim.com has said, for example, in a recent space with Elon Musk and all these guys that were talking about FTX and all this, they said, yeah, exactly as you said, Jomar, after 2008. The, the the reason that Bitcoin start existing is to replace the fiat system, not to speculate with the with the crypto or the Bitcoin. So a Bitcoin Cash, I think it is in the right path of Satoshi Nakamoto that he really wanted 
the, to have this kind of execution uh, of using the crypto only for transacting, not for uh, speculating. And at I the same time, that, uh, I have to say that I, yeah. I, I do think that it is like an obsession of the crypto community to try to fix, quote unquote, the coffee cup payment problem, which, to be honest, is not really relevant. Uh, I, I think I have my own opinions about it because I don't think crypto money should be trying to fix regular payments. Um, the problem why Bitcoin was was built was because of digital commerce, to be honest. I mean, it was banks that, it was the FICO system. FICO system is the network of banks where they basically loan to each other in order to be liquid. When in 2008, the whole system froze because everybody, no bank wanted to lend money to the next bank that means that no money was going to be moving through SWIFT. The whole econ global economy was about to crash because that means that the transaction of money between these banks were going to a standstill. And that in itself represented a bigger problem than the story that people know of, oh, it was too big to fail. It wasn't that it was too big to fail. It was that if banks collapse, everything collapse. I mean, everything from 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 uh, um, the network of the. Local, I don't think that the banks can collapse. They can always print more money. Yeah, and they yeah, can always charge more taxes for, more for money, the people. They, if they could print more money, they could, in theory, lend each other all the time. But they were yeah, but, uh, but how you create money with taxes and debt? When yes, people you... stop paying their debt and stop paying their taxes, then all the system will fail. But until then, I don't think that banks can fail completely. I think that they can always print more money. But it's the same thing. I mean, you get paid through the bank and you pay your bills through the bank, you know? So, to a degree, if the bank fails, you won't get paid and you won't pay your bills. So I think that it do? is a simulacrum. I think that it really it, it is more like a change in the system, that they are like turning off the current system to start the new system, which will be blockchain-based. Uh, yeah, but even then, you do need a way to understand how money in a higher level works because the problem in a, in a major economy, I'm talking not about how to pay your coffee, which is kind of the problem because most of these conversations of payment, people are stuck and trying to buy a cup of coffee and they don't understand the larger economic spectrum that money actually is involved with. So, I think that, for example, uh, a major disadvantage of the current system is that there are frontiers, physical frontiers ev everywhere. Like when you are sending money, you have to ask permission for this money to, to cross the border. So it is like an outdated system. This blockchain technology I mean, I mean, is global by nature. Of all systems, system written in a language that 
most people don't even learn anymore, like because it was mainframes from AS four hundred back in the day, the eighties or seventies. Yes, Yo, I think regardless regardless uh -huh. of the scale of the payments, the electronic cash system, the traditional electronic cash system, is a mess. It's broken because there's no way for people to assert the ownership of their electronic cash. When you deposit your physical cash to the bank, and then you get a, a change in your balance in your mobile banking, they can always change, they can always tamper with, your, with the ledger. So when, when you're converting from physical cash to electronic cash in the current system, you lose custody of your money by default and there's and and then and then there's they can no such thing as physical cash physical cash is an iou basically by the federal government so yeah it's still it's still an iou um that's why the the brokenness of the system actually is multiple layers <laughs> yeah although you are holding like physical coins and paper money we know this this system is brought about by the money printing uh, machine of the government, which we know is not properly backed. It, it hasn't been backed by gold for a long time. So the, the, the levels of brokenness goes very deep. But what I'm saying is that uh, the, the problem that Bitcoin was directly addressing was the, the state of electronic cash system because that's the most broken part of this uh, traditional system, at least I for phys physical. I completely disagree about that because if you, there's a chart about how much money, where is money allocated? And if you see like cash is like the least, you know what I mean? Like the most money in the world is usually moved through derivatives and derivatives are completely electronic are 100% electronic. But the problem with derivatives is that basically the value also gets fluctuated, kind of like an outpoint. I mean, the derivative itself is just basically a package of debt, and that gets moved around the world and gets sold and resold and resold. So all this money basically doesn't really exist. It's just and speculation, kind of like when you see the, the, the your iPhone, you know, if you, if you start selling a whole lot of that market, eventually the price is going to move according to how much the volume is. And you will end up selling your last coin at a billion dollars because, you know, the, there is just not many people buying it anymore. You know? So I have a theory money cannot be limited to a, to a fixed supply. Money, which is used every day, has to be infinite. If we want to have an, a world in expansion as we have today. Like if we, if we want to always expand the cake, we always have to expand the money supply. That's why some people said, for example, that Ethereum tokens can replace uh, national currencies. And Bitcoin Cash has this limited supply as BTC and there is a law that is called the Gramshaw, the Gramshaw law, which says that people, uh, 
always keep good money for them and they spend the bad money or cheap money to buy other stuff. I don't know if this um, could be a, a theoretical um, argument against this hard money narrative. Maybe people want cheap money, <laughs> so they spend it in tacos or in coffees or whatever they want and they can use these tokens, these national currencies tokens, for example, in on EVMs or whatever, and they can keep for themselves this Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin BTC. But the Bitcoin Cash thing that BTC don't have is that Bitcoin Cash actually want to replace fiat currencies. So the dollar is, is its biggest enemy. This is very strange, I think. So we maybe are against nation, uh, natural, um, natural, the natural way of people using the money. We have never traded gold recently. So the gold was traded maybe a thousand years ago, but today in today's world, people don't use gold to 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 make commerce with each other. So Bitcoin Cash can actually be gold, for example. As any hedge, what is any hedge? It's like storing value for the future. They are being longed on Bitcoin Cash or they are, or they are, they are hedging Bitcoin Cash. So we are changing the narrative in Bitcoin Cash to actually be a hedge against the volatility. What do you think about this, Joemar? We are changing the narrative from being a daily P2P cash to being a hedge, or what is happening? Um, for me, the 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 main problem that um, any hedge is um, addressing is the uh, unsuitability of BCH as uh, uh, payment. Uh, coin because of its volatility in price, which is uh, the usual uh, complaints of uh, merchants who who use uh, who try to accept BCH or any crypto for that matter. It's the it's the volatility of price uh, relative to fiat currency, and I think that's a very valid concern. We don't want to. Uh, I mean, it's very hard to onboard merchants, convince them about like uh, what's the advantage of using crypto over fiat, and then leave them to deal with volatility. Or of course, they can always convert to stable coins, which has in itself also some risks of its own because most stable coins are centralized, so they the issuers of the stable coins always have this um, opportunity to mess up you know the the coin so the the moment you propose to the merchants that you know you want to hedge the the bch that you accepted in your store you can convert to stable coins you're just exposing themselves to to these risks uh, of the use of stable coins so i think um, the ingenuity of the uh, 
any hedge uh, solution lies in uh, creating a solution to this to the volatility of BCH specifically uh, without using stable coins. And uh, more interestingly, it is uh, aligning the uh, the interests of two parties. So the merchant um, wants to hedge. And um, the way any hedge works actually is it pairs up somebody who wants to hedge their BCH with another party who is quite optimistic about the future price of BCH, they place a long position in the same contract. So somebody else is actually taking the risk of volatility. And that's um, implemented in the, as a smart contract in the BCH main chain. It's a, the solution works. We know it's, a, it's being, it's already being used uh, in BCH Bull. Uh, in Paytaka, we have an alternative uh, user interface um, that uh, also implements the, in the hedge protocol using the BCH Bull, BCH Bull settlement service. It, it works. Um, but um, at this point in time, I think um, we'd have to be honest that um, it will take a lot more work for this um, protocol to be useful to the merchants. For now, it's still uh, like people like you and me would like to use it, but uh, for merchants who just got onboarded or not used to anything crypto, it's still a hassle. But can you, can you explain how, how it's used? Because I, I, like, I saw the video, the intro video, but as an end user, how do you set it up, how, how it works? Okay, at, at least in the case of uh, Paytaka, so we have uh, any hedge integration. When you create your wallet, you can, um, if you have uh, BCH funds in your wallet, you can immediately um, use any hedge. So you, for example, you want to place a hedge position because you want to stabilize the value of your BCH relative to fiat. So for example, you have $1,000 worth of BCH in your wallet. You want to place, you want to hedge that. So you just go to, in Paytaka, it's in the apps uh, page. You click on any hedge. And then um, you choose to create a hedge position. You, you just click a button, there's a form. You specify there how much BCH you want to hedge. For example, whatever that $1,000 worth of BCH you have there, you want to hedge that. And you submit that to the settlement service, which is the same settlement service that's, that's used by um, BCH Bull. So the settlement service will automatically find you uh, a counterparty um, it's called the liquidity provider that will um, enter into the contract as the long uh, counterparty. So, yeah, it's, it's done automatically. You place a hedge, the settlement service will find you the 
the long uh, position so that you can uh, complete the contract, execute it, and broadcast it to the chain. So the hedge aspect of the of the any hedge is for merchant adoption, and the long aspect of the any hedge is for for BCH whales to invest in long term. As I, I, I saw yesterday, I think, or these days, that like 4,000 BCH were long in any hedge. Right now, they are, there are 4,000 BCH. Like that, that is uh, the liquidity, the actual liquidity that, that it is there. Uh, so the hedge part of the any hedge contract, uh, when the volatility is like, uh, every day and they get out of the contract uh, the next day after a crash or something they can lose against the opposite part of the contract that is the long part so they are betting like a 50 50 percent risk that they are taking when they are hedging or when they are longing so it is not I think it is like a kind of bet, a 50-50 risk bet, because uh, we are seeing like everyday volatility. So a hedger can lose money if they exit to the next day or two days later. I have seen people like borracho.bch that he loses like 30% after a two-day crash or something like that. In a hedge position. <laughs> Yeah, and he says in a tweet, he said in a tweet that he is not very good at betting or at doing this kind of este, uh, games, or like uh, playing with with the futures, like uh, like uh, risking. Yeah, yeah. And with the risk stuff, they are not good. And a lot of people inside the Bitcoin Cash community, they are not, uh, they are risk averse. They are in Bitcoin Cash because they think it is the safe, the safest technology out there. They think that uh, BCH is, is less risky than fiat money, for example. They don't believe in banks. They don't believe in cheat coins. They, they don't believe in anything. They, they, they don't risk almost nothing. So that's, that is the community that, that we are every day uh, uh, like making, making these, these hangouts and all, and all this. Uh, this is the community. They are risk averse. And I think that these kind of contracts are 50-50 are risk right now because of the volatility that everyday ways we are seeing. Uh, I guess I guess the risk appetite differs. Even within BCH community, in general, maybe you could say we are risk averse. But there are, um, especially maybe some whales who, who really take the risks uh, long term. Uh, like the liquidity provider of BCH bull. Um, yeah. Yeah, they don't mind taking some uh, losses uh, short term because they know that uh, long term BCH is going to increase in price because uh, we are uh, utility based. So the value of BCH will rise proportional to the utility. And we know that. Uh, uh, of course, we're biased, but uh, that's what we know is that 
BCH has uh, the most utility in terms of uh, real-world commerce um, like, uh, payments, although that's something we need to work on, like um, keep onboarding merchants, keep building technologies that make um, uh, BCH more useful to businesses. But uh, in the long term, that's what we believe, that the value of BCH will go up because utility of BCH will also be more widespread, will be more practical for businesses. Yeah, what I see is that for any hedge is better than UDT in the way that the any hedge contract, it is very local. So people in the other side of the, of the, of the contract are people that you may know, for example, or they are part of the community. So you may think that they are better people than the people that are investing in USDT or because USDT, some, a lot of people say that they are not very, very transparent with their, with their balances, right? That they, they are not, they are very leveraged, they are very not back, but by nothing but paper and all these things make that USDT it is like very risky for people to 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 put their money there for long term, right? And in any hedge, you as you are also you are you also have to trust the other side of the contract. But in this aspect, the other side may be a people that you may know, as I said, or a people that has better values or whatever or they want Bitcoin Cash to succeed and they will not do bad stuff against the community. This is theoretical because as, as we, we have seen, for example, in Smart VCH, we, we thought that some people were good people, good willing people, all this kind of stuff, uh, the stuff, and they actually were betting with people's money. Mm, um, there were a lot of VCH whales in the deal. So we have we have a huge names uh, in, uh, that were related to the Coinflex crash, right? People mm, that I, we I, think, I, we thought that they were like like heroes or like leaders inside the community. I'd clarify something about um, the counterparty. Actually, when you when you when you enter into a contract, um, for example, you place a hedge position. You don't need to trust the counterparty. Um, they can be good people, bad people, but the moment they enter into the contract with you, they lock up the funds automatically. Um, so even if they try to cheat with you, once the contract is already broadcasted to the network, it's there. Uh, there's no way for the counterparty to run away uh, once the contract has been made and it's backed, it's totally backed. It's not like uh, in centralized exchanges when you uh, place a, a position in a future trade, you know these are all IOUs. These are, these are just all numbers reflected in your phone. But the actual funds, uh, for all we know, it could be somewhere in a cold wallet or somewhere they already uh, loaned it out to other people. But in any hedge, once the contract is, is created, the money is, is backed. It's, it's locked up in the contract. So you don't really have to, to, to trust the counterparty 
um, in vice versa also when when the when the person who agrees to take uh, the long position they the, that person doesn't also have to trust you as long as the contract has been finalized has been signed by both sides the fund is locked and everything that goes out of the contract is already uh, like it's already in the contract the funds that go out from the contract is already locked up in there but um, to be honest uh, one or oh, one I would say like the Achilles heel of the of the way it is uh, structured now is um, we have we, we are relying on the on the Oracle to give us the correct price at the time of maturity of the contract and and, so and you saying that they are there are no no points of failure because it is all decentralized like for example source chain or whatever it, it, it there is no human intervention inside the deal so that's why you said that it is safer like like stable coins for example it's safer in the sense that the the funds are totally backed because the moment you enter into a contract, the funds are actually locked in the contract. Nobody else, nobody can move uh, those funds. But the, the point of failure here, not necessarily a central point of failure, uh, the point of failure here is when the Oracle uh, reports the wrong price. So, so instead the of is the point of failure. Yes, it's a point of failure. Um, the way to minimize that is for multiple parties, like maybe Paytaka sets up an oracle, uh, General Protocols has an oracle, Bitcoin.com has an oracle, and for people um, to choose which oracle to to use. Um, instead of having like a one central source of truth, the users, whoever enters into uh, any hedge contract can agree to use other oracles that they mutually trust. Okay, because it's, it's the only point of failure uh, at, in, in this system, the, when the oracle uh, actually is being dishonest. I think That's, that the premium fees that they are charging, it is also like a barrier for the merchant adoption. Do you think that it can be lowered or what can be done for it to be more accessible for everybody? Yeah, it's, it it's the same thing because at the moment there's only one liquidity provider. So they can, they can set their own premium, but competition can lower it down. Like... Um, we already um, we are already working on a peer-to-peer -peer version of of any hedge, a peer-to-peer -peer implementation of any hedge, where anybody can any any Paytaka user can take uh, the long position, and then they can set their own premium. So the so now. Nobody can be long but the BCH whales. It is only restricted to these long investors? Yeah, now those who are uh, taking the counterparty when you're creating a position, either in Paytaka or in BCH Bull, 
it's always this, I don't know, one or two liquidity providers that uh, has partnered with BCH Move. So whatever premium they set, you don't really have that much option because they're, on, they're the only ones who are providing liquidity at the moment. But um, if other uh, companies, other groups will build another settlement service, so will have their own uh, premium lower than what BCH Bull is offering, then there is competition. And the competition will drag the premium down. Um, th that's how we get to that point where uh, premium is, is lowered. It's, it's through uh, encouraging more competition. Okay. I think that uh, we have cleared a lot of aspects about any hedge and BCH bull. Uh, do you have a question, Jaysa? I know that you're interested in this. You use a lot of, of stable coins, for example. He travel a lot. If yeah, not, I actually have no uh, idea what BCH bull is. Uh, I think I heard it once or twice by name, but don't know what it is. Okay, um, maybe to clarify the differences, um, the the protocol, like the how do you tell this, the lowest level protocol here is any hedge. So any hedge, uh, these are contracts implemented in uh, BCH script. So they they lock up funds for the two counterparties who participate in the in the in the contract the hedge and the long so the lowest level of this is the the any hedge protocol and bch bull is actually like uh, another layer of uh, another application layer built on top of any hedge bch bull tries to automate the creation of any hedge uh, contracts by having an always available counterparty Okay, so you don't have to go around, ask people who wants to take the long of my hedge position. BCH bull is there to automate this. So there are uh, BCH whales who partnered with general protocols, this, uh, the company who has built all this stuff. And uh, they are willing to always take the counterparty. If somebody places a hedge, they will take the long. If somebody takes, uh, creates a long position, they will take the hedge. So that's what BCH Bull uh, is doing. It automates uh, the, the creation of these any hedge contracts. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, and the lower the investors, the fewer the investors, the, the higher the, the premium that they will pay. <laughs> right? So... Um, I'm not very familiar how the algorithm works for creating the premium, but... Um, I would say in general that uh, it depends on the market condition. If if it is if if the LP the liquidity provider thinks that placing a long position at this point in time will actually mean losses to them, most likely they add something more into the premium to balance off the risk. It, it goes something like that. It's, it's, it's dynamic. It depends on like the probability for the liquidity provider to lose uh, something at that point in time. Okay, so it is a bet, as I said, and this bet will be always backed 
by a counterparty that that general protocols guarantees every time a contract is created and yeah. this long or hedge the counterparty can set up the premium fee that they will ask for before starting the contract yeah uh, and if they have better information than than you that i think that they have they may ask for a higher premium yeah that's right okay and it, it, it goes both ways because sometimes when you when they have to uh, place a long position you know to take a hedge and they think that um, the market is actually very uh, favorable to their position they pay you uh, instead of asking your premium they pay you something to enter into the contract so that the premium sometimes it shows in the ui for bch bull the premium is negative okay so, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think that you have covered a lot of uh, thank you very much for that you uh, now i know how it works really works right and also i think that we will have a lot more of adoption coming next year this because they have announced that bitcoin cash will be legal tender in st kitts for example where a lot of people like tourists they are coming entering the the island and this all this stuff it may helps for more bitcoin cash adoption more awareness of the coin all this and maybe like cash fusion and all these protocols that they are decentralized may start having more users like NEH, cash fusion all this stuff that is wonderful i think it's it is the uh, beautiful technology right they will start having more people and this will lower premiums it will make fusions faster and all this stuff i think that the only thing that may need bitcoin cash right now is more people using it because the technology is already there uh, for for ready for receiving all these people <laughs> like we are ready to receive everybody there is like the technology there is all these protocols there are and they are when the people start joining we will have better better este, like kind of um, user experience right like a better user experience hmm. um while it is actually it's it's a it's good news actually to to learn about this uh, that uh, some countries are considering bch to be uh, declared as legal tender um, but i'll be more excited about uh, the implementation of this because we know um, for example in the case of el salvador um, the way they have done it is they have a wallet that i believe is uh, custodial and um, so yeah while it's good to hear that uh, bitcoin has become uh, adopted as legal tender if they resort to uh, the same kinds of things that traditional systems uh, do, 
like uh, take custody of users' funds, then it's a uh, it's traditional financial system all over again, and um, we will be subject to you know uh, the same issues like uh, fractional reserve uh, banking on whoever has custody on our uh, funds. That's not a good thing, right? Uh, we will we will still be uh, in that same cycle, like people messing up with our funds, and then it's gone, and then government needs to bail them out. Uh, we will go through the same cycle. So while while it is good news indeed to hear about countries interested in adopting DCH for these purposes, I do hope that um, they will make sure that. Uh, the people, the citizens, will have custody of their funds, not the government. And even the transactions, even better if, they, if the citizens can transfer value peer-to-peer -peer as it is originally envisioned by Satoshi, that would be even better. I, I'll be a lot more excited if, if that's the, the way the government rolls that out. Yeah, finally, there was a news about Binance, this Binance proof of reserves that uh, people are talking about. Uh, there is a news shared by a guy from, from Bitcoin Cash City, I don't know what its name is. He tweeted about BCH on Binance being not backed or not fully backed by the reserves that they were like saying they have, right? Do you think that all centralized exchanges will fail? Which are your opinions, you, Jason and Jomar? What do you both think about these these centralized exchanges failing all at the same time? <laughs> and if they fail at the same time, what do people using Bitcoin Cash for their their personal savings or their daily usage what they can do? Because not everybody accepts like crypto for payments and all this. If they, if they, um, like, start living in a world where crypto cannot be exchanged for fiat, what people can do? This is the question. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that will happen because it really depends on what people want to do with their money. Uh, I actually think that a CBDC um, is not really as bad as people might think in the sense that I think it will make it easier for digital money to be understood and it will be easier for people to trade for crypto. So the onboard of, of, of ramp of people in crypto will get just wider. Um, at least that's what I think because that's kind of similar to what happened with the Petro in Venezuela. A lot of people like said, oh, well, Petro is a cryptocurrency. So it made cryptocurrency popular in, in Venezuela, and a lot of more people start learning about it. Uh, not about Petro, but about Bitcoin and Dash and all these other solutions. When I think that the problem will become, and this is what Binance happened, is that they try to do a proof of funds 
And the problem starts with DeFi, really, because DeFi, it's uh, not really DeFi, but financing, credit, uh, debit, and, and and these bets, short loans, this is when where the accounting starts breaking up because it's not a one-to-one. It's like, oh, well, this guy really is betting on a future value that is going to come from somewhere. We don't know where it's going to come from yet, but, you know, that order is speculating that there's going to be value. And trying to account for that, that, that will start making gaps. Now, I'm not an expert. I'm definitely not a financial expert. And I don't, I'm not going to try to explain how that works because, I, to be honest, I don't know when it comes to credit uh, or, or perceived value or valuation, how it's set down in, 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 a, in an accounting fashion. But I think that that's really when a lot of uh, the guy that came out said, like, well, actually, you have a, a I don't know how many uh, million uh, or thousands hundreds of thousand BCH under what you should really have right now. Yeah, uh, as you say, Jason, maybe the CBDCs are not so bad as people think. Maybe fear means false expectations appearing real, right? <laughs> Almost uh, no, none of our fears become true. Maybe 2% of our fears really become true. I think they can interoperate the CBDCs with the crypto assets. They may be kind of interchangeable in the DeFi space in some kind of, of futuristic scenario, maybe. Uh, I don't think the government can't go against this revolution because of its decentralized nature and its global nature. So. It is bigger than the current system, I think. I also want to uh, really invite people to learn about digital payments as a whole because we in crypto bubble think this is the end all be all of digital payments. And to be honest, it's really not. It's really just a small percentage. So if you actually go with the current revolutions in payment across the world, you will see that there's the, the, the level field is not equal. I mean, China has a way more adoption in digital payments than the US. And Brazil has way more adoption of digital payments than Mexico. But even Colombia has more digital adoption than Mexico. So you can see countries that are lagging in digital payments and you can see countries that are definitely front running the whole world in digital payments. Now Japan is not that friendly with digital payments, uh, but that thing is kind of starting to change now. Uh, it's accelerating, but Japan traditionally has been very cash-based cash society. They didn't even take that many cards, credit cards, debit cards, whatever. So it's important to really have a, a, a current outlook on what's going on so for example just from what i uh researched so the largest digital payment right now is china that is followed by india uh where india has like about 50 different digital wallets uh 
competing. The largest one is called Paytm, uh, and another one I'm already I can't really remember. Uh, but it's a little bit decentralized. It's somewhat decentralized. Uh, but now in Brazil, it's the complete opposite. When there is just one, it's called PIN, uh, P-I-N, and that covers about 80% of digital payments in Brazil. And you can see it even like people in the street, you know, the ones that are at the red light uh, asking for money. Actually, they take digital payments. Uh, you can, you can, you can tip uh, the guy that throw flames in the in the in the stop sign uh, a few reels for, for for with your wallet with your phone. So then, Colombia is completely immersed in, in digital payments as well. You can get your you know corner store uh, food truck kind of burger for, and they will take your 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 necky payment uh for you know for really nothing so um so definitely digital payments are increased in use especially after the pandemic and i i really hope people are aware of those things because you don't usually travel to these countries but understand that these things are happening uh and europe also is becoming way more advanced there's stores already that don't take cash that only take cards, but uh, I think that the next step is just to take digital payments with your phone. So, uh, so just to be aware of what, where, where the the society as a whole is going, regardless of cryptocurrencies and their technology. So, finally, Jomar, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you see SmartBCH right now? Uh, do you have hope for the future? Do you see Smart BCH drive thriving through what has happened to the to the whole community? Yeah, so we had uh, a few days ago we had uh, news from the Smart BCH team that the bridge has undergone testing, internal testing, and uh, they're going to deploy it to the main uh, to the testnet. I know, uh, coming weeks. And so they're actually on track, I would say, to deploying this uh, in the first quarter of next year, as they mentioned uh, a few months back. Um, it's very hard to say how, how this is going to impact uh, smart BCH ecosystem in general, because um, we all know, we all know that uh, the smart BCH ecosystem has been bleeding, like um, we've been stagnant. Uh, a few builders, a few projects are trying to continue um, the best they could. And um, I, I guess time can only tell. By the time the, the bridge is out, uh, we'll see if there's enough lifeblood in the community to revive uh, the, the activity. So, yeah, we'll see. At least yeah, we see signs of revival. Really, yeah, but the bridge is really needed because if we don't have that bridge, we are like a BSC sidechain right now. 
yeah. we need that uh, BCH re redeemability, right? Like 101. And and also, it's uh, the bridge is just one part of it. Um, I think a lot of people want uh, clarity about the backing. Um, exactly. I, I don't think we have uh, enough clarity on this matter. Even if the bridge is deployed, uh, one stumbling block to revival is the, the clarity on the backing. Like, mm -hmm. uh, where did our mention BCH go? Uh, when is it going to be released from CoinFlex? Or are the rails able to bail out? Where is the funds? Um, to, well, like, to assure the community that there is 100% backing of the smart BCH uh, funds. I think that we have like the backing of Matrix Port. Uh, they are really like behind the chain. So Matrix Port is this company owned by Jihan Wu. And Jihan Wu is like the biggest whale of BCH. And he really wants to make this project uh, like full, like really go on their, on their, uh, their rails again, right? And he can do it. I think that uh, the mark and the conflicts, all this uh, legal case, I don't think that it is a huge deal for them. It is not so much money for these BCH whales and they can fully back the, the chain again. And proof of stake, I think it has future. It really has. Uh, so my reason, my, uh, the reason that I am formulating right now for Smart BCH to be fully backed is uh, because the proof of stake, it is actually the future. <laughs> it is the future of finance. They, uh, they really, I think that they really care about Smart BCH and Matrix Port already created this like exchange of Smart BCH on Bit.com, for example. They have created these pairs of for trading, and they know that the SBCH price can go up because of this problem that they have minting new tokens, for example. So there are a lot of variables there that can be actually very entertaining, very very attractive also for for new investors mm, but i see i see like it is a kind of um, disadvantage to be very related to bsc right now i really think that binance is like in a hedge in a it's like about to fail and maybe maybe not bsc but maybe binance for example and to be fully secure, I think that it, it will really need right now to be fully backed by that uh, Bitcoin Cash Bridge. But if, if Binance collapses, I don't think BSC will survive either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it is not recommendable to be related to BSC right now. Yeah, I, I agree to your, uh, you mentioned that uh, the whole, the the backing that is required for smart BCH is really not a lot of money compared to 
to the whole created by FTX, for instance, at an extreme yeah. comparison. It is nothing. Uh, it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, I agree. But I, I, I guess many in the community, smart BCH community, would, would at least like to see like a proof of reserve some, somewhat. Mm. Yes. Like um, give us give us one address where we can really check that there is full backing of the smart BCH, and I, and I think that will appease a lot of people. And um, the ideal scenario is that we have this proof of backing and then we have the bridge by first quarter of next year and that's really when it becomes more exciting for the community yeah completely agree so thank you very much Remar, for joining today for explaining us this any catch contracts or this smart bch thing that you think it, they are happening and thank you jaysa for also sharing your opinions thank you every cholos army here for joining in as you as you know, Cholos Army is is the one that they are sponsoring these hangouts every Saturday. So everyone that has joined today's Smart BCA Twitter hangout, you can re uh, redeem your 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 Cholos Army NFT and join our network. Okay, so we have a lot of benefits for that. You can have the rewards, the daily rewards. If you tweet about us, you can create your own spaces. If you become replicant, all this kind of stuff, which depends on you participating in the network Cholos Army so I want you to be more participative in the, inside our Twitter Hangouts for example I want you to talk Cholos Army don't be so quiet so so timid we need more people like Joemar like Jaysa that talk about what they know what they feel what they like okay <laughs> so we can grow the network we can talk about other themes for example I don't know Maybe you can create your own hangout inside Cholos Army Radio Network about, I don't know, food or technology or Linux, whatever. So thank you for joining and bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.